0: Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Consistently fit. My name is Jim Burns, and uh, as you know, this was this podcast was once anti-bullying one hundred and one. We switched over because we discovered that just certain things that have to happen in a person's life for them to be happy, content, feel good, uh, and have some self-worth, and really have the confidence in themselves not to pick on others, give others a hard time, and so on. And bully, of course. And what we discovered, and I got this through um, and been applying it uh, from uh, Stephen Covey many, many, many years ago, that there's and people have spoken about this since then as well, and there's basically four dimensions to life, physical, mental, social, and emotional, and spiritual. Those are the four that we have. And today we're going to talk a bit about the social, emotional, and the spiritual. And I want to share a few things with you. Uh, Number one, I was raised over a bar, and there were plenty of things that occurred in my life that created trauma, and if you'd like to read about some of this stuff, I mean, you could go to my book, Monologues, and I share barroom stories and stories that were uh, that uh, things that occurred with my family, my father, my mother, and so on, but... The interesting thing is those events, lumped all together, impacted me going forward. And I can't put a rank and file on the events, but I would bet that there were some of them that were much, much more difficult for me to manage and really affected the spirit, my spirit inside to the point that it was trauma. It was trauma. And some things just were unfair. They shouldn't have happened to a little boy. They shouldn't have happened uh, even to me as a young adult. Some of the things that my mother did or my father did to me and some of the things that were said to me were not very nice. But there's probably a rank and file on them in terms of how bad certain things were and how much you can let go of one thing and not another. And in in many instances, it takes some therapy to help overcome that, to help overcome it. And if you, you happen to be a parent, I will share with you that if you've got schisms between you and your children, the only way to overcome it is to sit down and have a conversation with them to find out where those schisms are, what caused it, and can we now begin to patch things up so that I don't go to my grave thinking about it and you don't live long after me and are haunted by the things that occurred uh, between you and I. Between you and your parents or whatever the case may be. Now, I'm going to share some. We're coming up on the holiday season right now. And sometimes during the holiday season, when there's problems between family members, that is the hardest time to deal with them During the, when it's like, a time when everyone's going to be together. They're supposed to be happy. They're supposed to be celebrating Whether whatever your holiday may be. We're coming up on Thanksgiving and you, know, you may not have a place to go uh, because there's so many people there that you've had difficulty with or you're not going over uh, your parents' house because you and your parents aren't speaking um, anything. And I will share this one little piece. There is a great big hole inside of every child, regardless if they are one or if they are 100, that is dying to be filled by a parent. We want to have good relationships with our parents We do. There's no question about it. And sometimes we just fall off the rails. And our parents are our parents. And they have a value system that they hope that they instilled in us. But sometimes our value system, and there's nothing wrong with it, may be different than theirs. And we start to have these discussions. There may be religious problems. There may be relationship problems. It could be a, a, a problem because you happen to choose a person, whether it's male or female, that your parents don't like as a life partner. And these things happen. Now, there was a book written, Fault Lines, and it I and it it's um, I don't have the first name here but it's P- Pilmer identifies three main ways that families become estranged sometimes we lose touch with a father or a mother because of early childhood adversity early childhood adversity and I can tell you that a parent will always try and convince their son or their daughter that they had a great upbringing. And And the child, who may now be an adult, is probably sitting there and saying, what house were you raised in? It wasn't so great here. Sometimes the environment could be abusive and you're telling me that I had a great upbringing? And then oftentimes you have autocratic parents. Absolutely, my way or the highway. And you get caught up, you know, trying to figure out, and then you can't please them. As a child, you're trying to please your parents, you can't do it. That's And you know, that's all a young kid wants, is to be able to please their parents. And when they can't please their parents, they stop trying. They stop trying. You know, there's, there's something that's called a broken spirit. And, and that usually occurs when somebody just says, you know what, I can't please mom and dad anyway. What's the use in trying? But we talk about trauma. I'm here to tell you there are one-time events that occur in a child's life that can put them in a position... Where th- their spirit is broken and they start to become rebellious. And the first thing that we see as part of this broken spirit is laziness. We think it's laziness. Then we start to see the t- wrong friends. Then we start to see, you know, the I don't care attitude. Then you start to see. Uh, disobedience, disrespect, irresponsibility, you start seeing all of these. And the idea is, is to try and figure out where it all started. And when you can figure that out, when you can figure it out, then you can go to your son or go to your daughter and say look I know that I made a mistake here you and the only way to begin the process of mending a, a a broken spirit or a poor relationship between you and your parents is is for is for the parent to say I'm sorry and apologize for the things or the one thing that was done that put you in a position See, once you straighten it out with your, with your children as a parent, and if the children are still living at home, there's no necessity to be disrespectful, irresponsible, or noncompliant. The child then begins to have a better attitude, and they they don't look. See, we attach lazy to it. It's not laziness. It's basically rebellion, and they're not going to do whatever they're told to do, whether that be chores or otherwise. So the only way to deal with that is for you as the parent to go back and repair that relationship, and it starts with an apology. And then sometimes what occurs is one family member diverges sharply from the values of the rest of the family. And that can be a tough one for parents to deal with. Some, some children are raised in a, a Christian environment, if you will. And then all of a sudden, they break away from it and they go off and they become, they live in a kibbutz or they um, have another faith that, that they want to embrace. And mom and dad just aren't hearing it. You break away from the value systems of... And I will say this. Having some spiritual upbringing is good. Is good, I think. But what happens is, is if the spiritual upbringing is not forced upon someone, but it is so autocratic and and so dogmatic and so legalistic that there isn't any room for, for any type of difference. And, and if I know some religions, I mean, music is important. Um, and, and none of it's wrong. It's just the idea of how it's enforced. And when you are basically have an autocracy set up in terms of uh, the, um, the way you utilize your faith in a family, and it starts to grind on the children as they get older. There could be a a diversion. You could be diverting. The children could diverge from those beliefs and go off on their own. And then the last one is people at times marry... Another person that just mom or dad didn't want them to marry. And that's a pretty tough one. That's a pretty tough one. Um, Because now, you see, what happens... I'll give you a perfect example. Example. If I reject my wife's parents. If I reject my wife's parents, who am I actually rejecting? My wife. My wife. I reject them, I reject my wife. My wife loves them, I don't. So I'm I don't love her. This is the this is the the mental piece that occurs in in my wife's mind. Now my wife brings me home for Thanksgiving dinner as her new partner and they reject me so who are they rejecting they're rejecting their daughter now so the idea is to understand that my wife has her parents who she's been with for ever since she's been born and if I reject her parents regarding now my wife could have all kinds of problems with her parents that's between her and them but the minute I start to chime in okay and start saying things about my wife's parents then I'm the bad guy and don't be fooled don't be fooled because you can side up With your wife against your parents, but what do you do when your wife and her parents mend the relationship? They could both get together and be mad at you because now you're going to have a problem dealing with her parents yet again. So don't take sides. Be a good listener, be an empathic listener, but be careful how you deal with that, because all of a sudden they're going to be back together and they'll be mad at you. So use your brain on that one. But we're coming upon the holiday season and we have to be ready. We have to be ready to manage personalities potentially that we don't like. And by doing that, by doing that, we're going to have to realize that it's up to us and we can only control what we can control. That's it. You want to have a relationship with significant others in your life. And most parents, they want their kids back. You know... They're initiated by the children, and you know they are, and we are just hardwired to care about, you know, our parents, and for them to care about us. You know, and you have this parent-child relationship, and it's easier for an adult child to exit from the home either you know temporarily or permanently but the, the bottom line is you know when you leave when you leave let's say you get married at 23 and you leave the house and you're so glad because you could never you couldn't stand your parents and you wanted to get away from them you left physically but you didn't leave emotionally and they're still on your mind. And they, believe it or not, they still care about you. And then all of a sudden, you have a, you have a child. You got a son or a daughter. Do you want them to have a relationship with your parents? Which would be their grandparents? Or are you going to tell them we don't we don't talk uh, to uh, to grandma and grandpa? How are you going to handle that? How are you going to do it? You're going to have to rebuild that relationship, and they're going to have to be partners in that. And that's the piece that we have to be aware of. And by the way, an apology is, is not an apology, you know, like for your entire childhood. And it's certainly not an apology for uh, the, uh, the adult life of your parents who went off the deep end or had trouble with drinking or whatever the case may be. There are specifics that you want to get into with the apology. You know, I'm sorry I was such a crummy parent. That doesn't work. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you in many instances because I was out drinking or maybe I just worked too much. And that's where that balance comes from. That's where the balance comes from. That's a real dilemma. Trying to figure out How much time you need to spend at work and how much time you need to spend at home. And I know nobody ever... said on their deathbed... that I wish I spent more time at work. So... as we approach and get into this holiday season... Remember the significant others. Remember if you are estranged from them, whether you're a parent or whether you're a child. Remember that there is a space within us that wants to have a relationship with our children and our parents. Now, sometimes as a child who is now an adult, it takes some time, it takes therapy, it takes counseling, it takes work, it takes going deep to try and understand your parents and what you can do and how you can cope with who they are now. It takes time because if you just think it's going to happen with that apology or it's going to happen with admission, like I'll admit to you, I didn't do blah, 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 or I, I shouldn't have whacked you, or I, whatever the case may be, that's only the beginning. Now you've got to learn to cope with where they are right now. And that means you got to start going way down deep inside your soul and call upon the spirit within you to manage that relationship. And you know, and if you're only, let's say you're 25 years old, chances are good your parents could only be 47, 48 years old. You, ha- you could have a lifetime with them, 20 years at least maybe more, probably more, where you're gonna have to manage them. And if you are a parent and you're 47 and you have a son who's 25 or a daughter who's 25, you're gonna have to learn to accept who they are, who they chose for a spouse, and you're gonna have to go deep inside yourself to determine What went wrong that created this schism between me and my kids and what can I do to straighten it out? That's what has to happen. Now you can do these things or not. I can tell you that my relationship with my mother was not that good. Not that good. She disagreed with many things that I did. I did make her proud from time to time. But when I did something wrong, she never let me forget it. And that would be wrong by her standards, by the way. Not mine. But there was a point in her life when she took ill... And I knew there was one thing that I didn't want to have happen. I didn't want her to haunt me from the grave. And I took the time to make things right as an adult. Because I knew she would never do it. Lots of times you can... Hope that they'll come to you. My mother was one of these people. If you know your parents aren't going to come to you, you go to them. Because some parents just are absolutely too prideful to ever admit that they've made any type of mistake in how they raised us. So I made sure. That my relationship with my mother, when she passed away, was good. It was good. And I don't have one regret. I don't have one regret. You see, it's going to happen. And when you're an adult, and you have your own children and your relationship with your parents, meaning your children's grandparents, was poor, and your children see you bitter towards your parents, they can't help but use that as a model for how they manage difficult situations in their life. And when they, they don't get what they want And problems don't get solved. They become bitter. And it's going to happen. Parents will die. There's no doubt about it. And you have to evaluate. Where you are. When that happens. Have you done your best to do the reparation? Or. are you going to be relieved that they're gone, but still have the guilt that you wish you had done more? My name's Jim Burns. You're listening to Consistently Fit. Um, And we're talking right now, we're in, I would say, the social, emotional, and spiritual dimension. In terms of how we manage relationships that have just fallen apart, but yet we have to stay in relationships simply because there's no way out, because it's a son-daughter-parent relationship. I mean, some relationships with parents can get so twisted and so bad, two people could be married, they could end up getting divorced because either um, the wife or the husband don't know how to place their spouse first and make the, uh, the parents of one or the other more important. So you're always listening to your parents and then you have to ask yourself, have I grown up yet? What's going on? And finally, one or the other, one spouse or the other gets sick of it and they want a divorce because they've already put up with too much. And that creates the estrangement between the husband and the wife. That needs to be repaired. You see, many, 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 many years ago, people lived with this. They lived with it. They never got divorced years ago. They lived with it. They lived with trouble between one side of the family or the other. They lived with arguments, they lived with problems, it became exhausting, it became debilitating. My mother and father had all kinds of intrafamilial difficulties and so on, yet they stayed married and it exhausted them. And I'm not suggesting that a divorce is the way to go. I'm just saying you have to do the work to make sure that you don't get exhausted and don't get worn out from it. You got to work on it and understand something. You're going to make mistakes. Remember, change is a step of faith. You have to take the necessary steps slowly but surely to repair bad relationships, especially now during the holidays. Do your best to pull things together for your sake and the sake of your children and have the peace that everyone deserves. Around the holiday season. Remember. Change is a step of faith. As I just said. But you can't keep pulling up the flowers. To see how the roots are doing. Take your time. Slowly but surely. Take the necessary steps. And you'll be able to repair a relationship. That you may have thought was irreparable. The only thing is you have to want to do it and it has to be worth it to you. My name is Jim Burns. You have been listening to Consistently Fit. We're talking about how to deal with poor relationships between um, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, parents, children, whatever the case may be. I hope you got something out of this podcast right now. It is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a great day. I'm in New Jersey. The sun's out. It's a little chilly. Hope you enjoy this day and enjoy each and every day that you have. Life is a gift. And always remember, remain consistently fit. My name's Jim Burns. Have a great day.